The following episode contains adult content and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Stick around after the episode for some important announcements, like how to win LaRace's lightsaber. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama, created and produced by Crystal Storm. Episode 5. Chapter 11, Aftermath. The ship was quiet. I had recovered my crew, escaped back to Tython, and alerted the Jedi Council of our... no my... failure. I did not stay planet-side, though. I needed complete privacy, the kind found only in the sanctity of my vessel. I felt him walk in, but I did not move from my meditation kneel. Doc sat down behind me, put his gentle hands on my arms, and pressed his mouth against the back of my shoulder. I still don't know why Dr. Archibald Kimball had gotten under my skin, though I suppose it hadn't been that out of left field. Attachments were something I couldn't seem to get away from. But it was different now. I was forced to look at our relationship in a new light, one that no longer brought serenity, but a weight on my heart. I wasn't meditating because of just Larissa. I was meditating because my fear for Doc's life, for his protection, had pushed me to an edge I never wanted to cross. I had been seconds away from killing an unarmed opponent, no matter a Darth. The moment her saber had hit the floor, every fiber in my core wanted to run Larissa through. I had come so close that I'm not certain I wouldn't have if Doc hadn't pulled me from the depths of my anger. Perhaps it wasn't just for Doc. Maybe it was for Kazrin too. But even if my emotions hadn't taken me far too close to the dark side, Larissa now knew my weakness. She could use him against me in the worst possible way. I couldn't let that happen. I turned so I could face him. I lifted my hand, touching his gentle, gentle face. At first I said nothing. His lips moved as if he would speak and I silenced him, tipping my head down and pressing my mouth against his. It had never stopped with just a kiss with him. I always wanted more with Doc. So did he. Usually, before we knew it, we'd gone too far to stop. That's why I drew away before he could cup his hand around the back of my neck and pull me closer. He looked surprised and tilted his head, carefully studying my face. In a cold, well-practiced voice, one fit for a Jedi Master, I responded, We are done. We were on our way to the Outer Rim. I needed time to rest and plan my next move. I was sitting at the foot of the bed, getting dressed. I was usually up before the sweat had dried. There was no point in lingering. 
Quinn was still in the bed behind me, one of his elbows on his knees, his head in his hand. I used him in this way when I wanted to punish him. When I wanted to remember what his touch felt like and forget the rest. When I was riled up after a good fight, and only he would do. Something was different this time, though. I could feel it. I ignored his silent pain as I usually did and simply put my robe on. I... I can't keep doing this. I wasn't surprised to hear him say it. Still, I didn't make it easy on him. What can't you do, Quinn? Being so close to you, but not... And whose fault is that? He got up swiftly, came up to me and touched my face. His gaze was as raw and intense as I'd ever seen it. Forgive me. Let me love you. I wish I'd been unaffected. I'd been cruel to him since that incident. Deservedly so, but he'd taken it. All of it. Shut his mouth and done his job, and let me abuse him minute by minute, day by day. He'd taken my pain and his own. That deserved a small something. He must have sensed my internal struggle because he came closer, pressing his forehead to mine. He hadn't done that since... I closed my eye. Larissa. I tipped my face up and kissed him. There was desperation in his touch, but I didn't allow him to linger. Just a final taste before I pulled out of his embrace and took a step back to put space between us. You will be transferred to my son, Lord Vancito's ship. You will serve him as you serve me now. That's it, then? I can't forgive you, Malavai. I just... I can't. Larissa. You're dismissed, Captain. I hated that he was my weakness. I hated my fear that if he said something else, if he looked at me with such intensity again, I'd break down and forgive him. Or worse... Tell him that I still loved him. I gave him my back. My eye clenched shut again when I felt him come up behind me. His fingers took hold of my shoulders and he pressed his mouth against the back of my head. I felt his grip tighten as his own internal battle raged and I held perfectly still, years of training and control being put to the test in those single moments. He finally drew back, resigned to his fate. He put his uniform back on in silence, his shoulders squared. <clears throat> My lord, I will prepare for departure immediately. It has been an honor serving you, and I truly look forward to being an asset to your son. I nodded tightly, and he walked out. I remained motionless for long moments in the echo of his departure, standing in the pain of a goodbye letting it flow through me, letting it feed me, make me stronger. When I was finished, I left my quarters and moved through the familiar corridors of my ship. I found Vet in the kitchen, spiking her coffee with hot tequila. How's it going, my lord? I have a new assignment for you. Alrighty, what's up? I'm sending Quinn to Vancito's charge. I was wondering when you were going to stop doing that to yourself. I hadn't expected her to say that. I frowned and sat down next to her. <sighs> Am I so obvious? No. Jason can feel your force stuff, but she thinks you're that jacked up 
all the time. She's in awe of your control. It's made you her hero or God in a freaky Jason kind of way. Pierce isn't deep enough to notice. But you did. I caught Quinn in here late one night, drowning his sorrows in a bottle of Carillion scotch. He didn't say anything, but you can tell when a guy's got a broken heart. What happened? It doesn't matter. It's over, but I don't trust him completely. I'd feel better if you went along and watched Vancito's back for the time being. Budding young Sith Lord ready to take over the galaxy? That doesn't sound at all familiar. You are partly responsible for my success. I hope you know that. I do. Trust me. Throwing your name around gets me into all kinds of places now. It has its perks. I'll watch his back. Thank you, Vet. Chapter 12. An Anomaly. Ilum, Eastern Ice Shelf. BFI, Bumfrack Ilum. Three years later. A chilly wind picked up the snow, flinging it carelessly. There was nothing around our dueling figures but towering rocks of gray ice and endless plains of cold white. Double-bladed lightsabers collided, purple to blue. My dark red eyes studied my student. Where is your fear born from, Nadia? The thought of losing you. I don't think I could stand it. Use your fear. Do not suppress it. But you must control it. I attacked her swiftly, the double blades of my lightsaber cutting through the cold air without mercy. She would defend, or she would be cut. Nadia did not hesitate. Her blades collided against mine in a rapid, powerful sequence that forced me on the defensive. She has improved. Hold, Nadia. Nadia immediately halted, but jerked her gaze toward the interruption. Her eyes widened, and she frowned. I sheathed my lightsaber, but Nadia did not. A Sith? I didn't sense. I am no threat to you, child, so long as Elijah favors you. Larissa walked towards us, her face hidden behind the round black helmet, further obscured by the black and red hood over her head. Her lightsabers waited patiently on each side of her hips, but her gloved fingers hung loosely. You received my message. Nadia, it's all right. You summoned a Sith Lord? Easy, Nadia. I'll explain, I promise. Just give us a moment. Nadia stared at the Sith for a moment longer. Reluctantly, she sheathed her lightsaber. You'll be all right? I will. I won't be long. Nadia gave Larissa one last suspicious parting glance before she walked away. I walked up to Larissa, pulling back the hood of my traditional dark brown Jedi robe. You could have warned me you would come so swiftly, wife. She pushed off her hood and removed her helmet. There is no fun without surprise. How many codes of the Jedi has your Padawan broken so far? She is a knight now. Well deserved. And she minds the ones that matter. That is more than enough. I took one of Larissa's hands warmly between my own, and she stepped closer, pressing her lips briefly against the corner of my mouth. You called for me, husband. What is it? <sighs> Lenkoro is coming to visit you. You've seen something. Only 
possibilities. He will need his mother, not the Dark Lord. Silly Jedi. I am always both. You know what I mean. I'll take care of him. He's important. He's your favorite. Because he reminds me of you. A pleased smile slid across her mouth. I watched her eyes stray toward Nadia, who paced an impatient line in the snow. Larissa's smile turned darker. She loves you. Do you return her affection, or is her passion enough? I feel for her as strongly as you feel for him. I doubt that. You still love him. Foolishly. You're better for it. Perhaps. But you will not presume to understand how I feel again. Not about him. As you wish. I will see you soon, wife. I adored her quiet smiles. It lasted mere seconds, though. She drew back and put on her helmet. She snapped up her hood and, without another word, walked over to her speeder. I watched her until she faded from sight. And when I turned around, I was not surprised to see Nadia so close. What's going on? You were... Why were you t- I moved swiftly, cupping Nadia's face between my cool hands, and pressed my mouth to her protesting one. She did not hesitate to return my kiss, and wrapped her arms around me. I drew back after long moments, breathless. There is serenity and passion. I will show you. And then, I will tell you everything you need to know. Chapter 13. The Opposite of an Emo Evokai We'd just gotten back on the ship and were headed to our next job. I was in the cockpit with Mako, feeding the coordinates into the Navi, when she started giggling. Her amusement never failed to suck me in. I didn't always let her see that, though. What's so funny? <laughs> so you want to hear the latest news from the Holonet? There's a lot of buzz about you. Apparently, you have a fan club now. You gotta admit, they're onto something. They are. Admiring you from afar, way better than being close enough to smell you. Touché. After a good gunfight, she usually herded me towards the showers with a vibro prod. I changed tactics. If one of us was going to have fans, I think it'd be you. Score one for me. She got one of those, I'm really trying to control how big this gets smiles. You're really cute, you know that? Anybody else called me cute, I'd break their jaw. Mako called me cute, I smiled. I didn't do that often. She knew it. And it must have made her realize what she said because she started backtracking. It's not going to work. You and me. It's a small ship. Nowhere to go when things get ugly. We're just not meant to be involved. I wasn't buying that. Especially not with the looks she threw my way when she thought I wasn't paying attention. Just friends? End of story? Strictly business. No matter how much you give me that sort of melty look. A plan was forming in my mind. I let her retreat for now, after making sure I gave her another few seconds of my melty look. Back at the Navi, I set our course for Hoth. We spent the next eight hours in the cold. I didn't mind it, but slight little Mako hated it. She toughed it out, though I did offer to use Torian. She refused, telling me she was no pushover and to just keep going. She was cute when she was being tough. Halfway into our current assignment, we'd made a new ally in our search. We also had some time to kill while Blizz the Jawa worked his magic on a device I was going to need to go beat up an unbeatable droid. I saw a cantina. Come on, let's go warm up. 
Yes, please. I can't feel anything. So tempted I was to put that to the test. Patience, bounty hunter, I reminded myself. The Dorn base cantina wasn't bad. I took off the bulk of my armor, took her hands between mine, and blew warm air onto them. I knew she felt that by the expression that slid over her face and how fast she pulled her hands back. That's better. Thanks. I looked at Githik the bartender and ordered two mugs of Atis hangovers. Mako could hold it down, and I loved that about her. We were halfway through our drinks when I asked. Wanna dance? You can dance? No way. I gave her a sly look and bought a token from Githik. Easing on over to the jukebox, I dropped in the coin and selected Shake the Wampa Down, one of my favorites. Mako burst into laughter at my selection, and I wasted no time in showing her my moves. She looked positively delighted when I put my fists up and shook my butt to the rhythm. I pulled her deeper into my awesome when I put one hand behind my head, stuck my other hand out, and bop slid to the right. Then I did it to the left. When she got close enough I could grab her, we were really jamming. It was just a good time. We stayed out there for two more songs, and then she actually wanted to go out into the cold weather. I picked up my armor but didn't put it back on. We didn't go far, just outside the entranceway. It was snowing. No big surprise for Hoff. She breathed in the cold air, letting it cool her off, and I just watched her. I loved looking at her. She was the balance to this rough, utterly challenging, perfect life I'd chosen for myself. She was something I'd reach for once I holstered my blaster. Someone who wouldn't mind the smell of smoke in a good fight. She shivered, and I stepped closer, putting my arm around her and pulling her smaller frame against my side. She sighed and leaned into me. She kept her arms crossed against her chest, but I felt her cheek nuzzle, felt the subtle press of her body. Patience, Hunter, I reminded myself. We should go see if Blizz is done. Okay. Blizz was just cool. I reaffirmed my vow that I was going to get him out of that cage once I was done on this planet. He could tag along with us. He'd already proven himself useful, or find his own way, but he wasn't staying in there. He didn't have any updates for us. One of his parts had fizzed out, so he was making a new one. He'd snuck out of his cage and rummaged around the base of the repair items we needed. He'd been back before the Chiss guard had even noticed he was gone. Blizz assured us he would be done by morning. That was more than fine by me. Now what? We'll head back to the ship. I've got some work to do. Already I was forming a reason to get Torian and Galt out of sight for a few hours. She didn't argue with me, though, so we headed back to the Mantis. It was a good omen when I found a note from Torian and Galt to the right of the door. They'd gone to fence some cargo we'd taken out of Atascorp back on Kesh. I was glad they were making themselves useful. Gladder that Mako and I were now alone. No Galt? Really? What a perfect end of the day. Mako grinned and moved for the stairs. I was getting ready to disagree with her. I dropped my armor and came up behind her. She had one foot on the first step, but I halted her movements with my hands on her hips. Coral? She liked the latter part of my name. I didn't care what she called me. She didn't move either, just waited. I made her gasp in surprise when I turned her around to face me. What are you doing? Testing your theory. She opened her mouth like she was going to ask me what theory, and I answered when I kissed her. She was unresponsive for about a half a second. After that, well, she couldn't get close enough. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I want to tell her. Every little thing about my life, 
my strange pairing of parents, my siblings, our goal, all of it. I can't, though, not yet at least. I'm no mama's boy, but I'm going to need her counsel on this one. I'd ask dad, but I don't think I have the patience for his light side, philosophical question and answer games. Are you writing? In a journal? Seriously? Crap. Busted. I quickly closed the old book and turned to my chair. Mako was sitting up in bed. Correction. Mako was sitting up in my bed. The sheet pulled over her chest, her hair mused, the perfect grin on her face. She looked so sated, like a woman should after the romp we'd just had. She started checking me out as she waited for my answer, which was pretty darn distracting. I watched her gaze track my bare chest, linger over my big arms. Couldn't help but swell with a little bit of pride when her cheeks flushed like she was remembering what had just gone down between us. I might have wanted to jump up and beat on my chest while shouting through the galaxy that everyone could now refer to me as Land Koro, Grand Champion of Mako. Yeah, that's right. Mako. Have you always done that? I've never seen you. Well, you made it a point not to come near this room for a while. She just cutely rolled her eyes at me, so I stopped dodging the question. I, uh, yeah, I write sometimes. When I've got a lot of stuff going in my head, it helps clear it out. So, what you're saying is you're not just a big brute that stress releases only with his bolt pistol in a live hunt? She was teasing me. I loved that. I hated it, too. Not her, just the way it made me feel. This little slicer was turning me into a big softy. Actually, I think you might be my new way to stress relief. She rewarded me by turning beet red and ducking back under the sheet. After everything we'd just done, and little Miss Innocent was not so innocent, by the way. I couldn't help but laugh. Hey, Coro. Yeah, babe? Come back to bed. She didn't have to ask me twice. Five hours later. I was standing in the cockpit, plotting our new course. Mako was behind me, freshly showered and dressed in one of my shirts that completely swallowed her, sipping a mug of coffee. I need to go to Ullum. Now? Bliss should be done, you know. I know. I won't be gone long. I've made arrangements for you and the guys to relax on Alderaan. At House Gerard? With that arrogant woman you slept with? You didn't like her? Ew. I still can't believe you hooked up with her. I kinda liked her jealous. It was why I'd banged that stuck-up prude Baroness Atala in the first place. Guys gotta do- Don't. Don't ruin everything I love about you. Love, huh? You know what I mean. You're not staying with her. You're hanging out at Outpost Adora with Chanya. Torian wants to go bug hunting with her. You're such a jerk! And argue. What's on Ilum? Secret girlfriend? No. All business. Sort of. It wasn't entirely business. It was family, but I couldn't tell her that. I got out of my chair and walked up to her. She was so tiny. I loved the way she just fit around me. I really liked crowding her, too. And so did she. I could tell by the way her eyes got all smoky. She set the mug down and ran her hands over my arms. You're my girlfriend. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a cheater. I am, huh? Yup. Better update your slicer bio on the holonet. You're taken now. She laughed and I went to do the whole chest bang thing again. She prevented it by kissing me. Hurry back. You don't want me spending too much time with Torian. What? I will push that little punk out of the airlock with my pinky. Stop it. You won't. You like Torian. I don't like him that much. Do I have to put you two kids on different planets? She looked a little too smug that she'd gotten a rise out of me. Her fingers crept up my arms and wound around my neck as she tipped her head back. 
looking up at me with this expression in her eyes I couldn't quite place. It was new, but I liked it. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a cheater. That mean I get to be your boyfriend? I guess so. Until the next champion of the Great Hunt comes along. Wow. Way to take the magic out of everything. Really? You're gonna start with me about- I cut her off with a kiss. She didn't seem to mind. Chapter 14. The Parental Advice of a Sith. Ulam Eastern Ice Shelf War Zone. One of the first sounds I remember hearing as a kid was my mother's lightsaber. I still love the sound. Vancito and I had often gotten up early to watch her practice on those rare occasions she could be home. She only pretended not to see us. I knew because some mornings she called us out and made us spar with her. That had been the best. I stood in the snow, hand resting on my blaster hilt, watching the wicked grace of her movements. She was a marauder and a brutal fighter, a cruel one, really. My mother punished her opponents with strikes that were meant to hurt more as the fight progressed. If she could not beat her enemy with skill alone, she would beat him with pain. Constant, never-ending seconds of it until death was a welcome reprieve from the fight. When she was done manhandling the group of soldiers I couldn't identify, she ordered General Pierce to secure the cargo. She walked over to me after her order was given, and I fell in step beside her. What takes you away from your trials as a bounty hunter? I need your advice about something unexpected. I paused. Was there any way to say this without sounding like an emo evokai? Whatever. I'm in love. I see. I hadn't planned on it. I was only going to use her as needed to get the job done, but she snuck up on me. It's Mako, then? Yeah. And now, like a teenage boy, you're bursting at the seams with it, longing to tell her everything, to ease the plots in your mind with her gentle wisdom. Not when you say it like that. <laughs> she pulled back her hood and then pulled off her helmet. Even with her scars and the faint trace of the dark side on the force in her face, I thought she had this harsh kind of beauty. Do you love Dad? If my dark side loving Sith of a mother did, there was hope for me yet. I love him. I am not in love with him. Do you understand the difference? I do. You're in love with someone, though. Yes. Who? All you need to know about him is that he was my first lesson in the dangers of my own arrogance. But I carry a soft spot for him I can't explain. He betrayed me, he tried to kill me, and he lives. I love him still, and it angers me greatly. I could literally feel the strength of my mother's emotions. I could feel the force, use it just a bit. Mind you, a very, very, very small bit, and only in extreme situations, but I could. And I have to say that there was nothing better. Mako's a real close second, though, than force choking some idiot that just won't shut up before you blasted his stomach open with your pistol. Lencoro. My mother stopped our walk with her hand on my arm. She touched my face with her other. My only advice to you is this. Let her show you who she is before you trust her completely. And then never trust her completely. What do you mean? If she is a strong woman, she has conviction. One day, that conviction may come at odds with your own. If forced to choose, it may not be you. 
I didn't like that. I didn't like the thought that Mako wouldn't choose me, even though I was prepared to not choose her. It might not have been fair, but it was honest. My loyalty was to my family, not to Mandalore or the Imperials or anyone else. Still, I really wanted Mako to fit into this picture somehow. My mother must have sensed my rapidly spinning thoughts. She smiled and patted my cheek, bringing me out of them. It's a caution, not a prophecy of doom. You can inspire loyalty in a way a Sith cannot. Vet, Quinn, Pierce, Jasa, they love me. But I will always be prepared for the moment they may find an opportunity to betray me. I learned that lesson the Sith way. You need not. I canted my head at her, suddenly understanding her in a different way. Peace is a lie. No, it's merely fleeting. I felt peace. With your father, with you, and your siblings. Nothing is absolute, Lancoro. I felt better. A little smarter, too. I nodded. I understand. Her smile turned edgier. She backed up a step and tossed me one of her lightsabers. Show me. I caught it easily. Bring me out the blade. Yes, ma'am. Their all-white hooded suits made them blend into the landscape. Robotic eyes allowed them to zoom in on their two targets. The implants in their ears allowed them to hear. The one on the right scanned through the file on his data pad. Everything they saw updated the information in the device in real time. He is second-born. His father cannot be the Chiss. His biological maker is Lieutenant Pierce. That makes sense. All right, got him. Who's next? She has a daughter, an Imperial agent, recently promoted. Huh. Let's find out what she knows. Hey, after this, <laughs> what say you and I go get some blue milk? Hi, everyone. So, a few quick announcements. First of all, we have started a biggest fan of the show competition. At the end of season two, the winner of this competition will get Larissa's lightsaber with the box signed by the cast. Now that gives you plenty of time to figure out how you're going to show us, me, the cast, why you are the biggest fan of the show. And I cannot wait to hear and see what you guys are going to come up with. Uh, last quick announcement. If you've been enjoying Legacy, I highly encourage you to come hang out with us. We've got a Discord server and soon we're going to have a Facebook group. To join the Discord, just click the link down in the show notes. Or you can go to dsc.gg backslash crystals imagination and you can join us tuesday evenings at 7 eastern 6 central for the legacy after show where i talk with the cast about the episode and related topics that's right after we do a live listen and we do those over on twitch that's twitch.tv backslash crystals imagination just click that link down in the description thank you so much for being a fan of the show now we can roll the rest of the credits I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share the story with your friends. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn about Crystal sci-fi novels and other upcoming projects, visit crystalsimagination.com. Episode 5 features voice performances by Crystal Storm, Bun Barian, Alex Ahmed, Eliza Neal, Adam Corman, Nikki G., Jake Riker, Guama Hairstanel, Melissa Oki, and Kendra and Eric Mickles. 
Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode. Please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create it. Also, I killed a man last week. Whoa. Yeah. You didn't his, tell me that. Took his credits. Where was I? Asleep. I went out. You went out? After I, I went was, out. I've specifically asked you not to do man, that. I killed him. I got his credits. That's why I've got a taste for blue milk. It was the first time I tried it. You gotta stop.